cards nipping. What's up, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of the Becoming a First Rate Duelist podcast. We're a podcast now. We're not on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, but we're going to get there. We're going to figure it out because we have all this gold from 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 all these pro players and MVT. So uh, it's going to be super, super fun. Uh, today we have MVT, uh, also known as Joseph Rothschild. And I have made sure this is the real MVT because there are imposters and hackers everywhere. So, yes, um, he is here. And um, would you like to introduce yourself to anyone who lives under a rock and doesn't know who you are? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my name is uh, Joseph Rothschild, a.k.a. MBT. I am, uh, if you've ever heard of people referencing like the sus imposter, that is me. Um, and I am well known... Uh, among people who have not yet uh, developed the ability to read as a YouTube uh, YouTuber, Yugi-tuber, a Twitch streamer, a content creator, and uh, generally just a an extremely uh, an extremely dumb person. So I'm, I'm very excited to uh, be here today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just remember my first interaction with you was that you DM'd me, hey fucker. And I was like totally taken aback because I didn't know you at all. I'd never I, spoken I to you. That. And I was like, I, I literally thought you were going to start a fight with me because I just posted about like, like sexism in the Yu-Gi-Oh community or something like that. And I literally said like, bro, I don't want to fight you. And then you were like, oh, you know, in an endearing way. And I was like, oh, I understand what's happening right now. He's, he's just messing around. And so now mm. every time I need to talk to, to Joseph, I... I tell him, hey, fucker. Um, like today you had to say, Joseph, we're supposed to be live right now. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, that's true. Whoops. Yeah, I do appreciate you being here on this uh, this this podcast, quote, unquote, podcast. It will become a podcast someday. Someday it will be a podcast. But, yeah. I'm happy to be here on time as always. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I apologize for our first interaction. In <laughs> retrospect, I, I think I should have been more like abrasive and off-putting uh you know um, it, it's part of the the gatekeeping oath that all Yu-Gi-Oh players must take yeah you really should have just busted out the c-word or something like that um oh my my slur capacity you couldn't even fathom i've got slurs you wouldn't believe yeah that was funny yeah just out of the blue dm from mbt hey fucker and yeah <laughs> It was, uh, it was awesome, Slur King. You know, that should be the name of a Yu-Gi-Oh card that you designed, specifically. Ooh, you know what? I think I'm good. Hey, uh, <laughs> get Antoine Griezmann is out. Put me in, baby. <laughs> yeah, that guy didn't even know what Pot of Greed does, and we're opening oh. the door to Joseph Rothschild instead. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Sweet. Okay, so I thought we might start out, um, so... Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I normally interview people like Cody Andreloff and Jesse Cotton and Raphael Nabelin. So you might be wondering why MVT is here. Burn. Uh, I'm just kidding. But you also might be wondering, like, why is MVT here? And the reason that he's here is, one, because I totally enjoy his presence and he's one of my favorite content creators. But two, you know, a lot of people who are strive to be first-rate duelists are excellent duelists that also do YouTube as well and and Twitch and stuff like that. So I thought maybe you might be able to kind of like give that side and 
you know, your expertise and stuff like that. And you are a very good player as well. So. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to like, what are my, what are my player accolades? Uh, in 2018, uh, I day two the NAWCQ. I won all my rounds and I didn't make top 64. They sent me there just to laugh at me. Uh, I, I've topped many Philly regionals, which is a feat that can only be accomplished by the most sober individuals in Philly. Uh, you have to resist the siren song of, uh, I don't know, heroin in order to make it uh, to that <laughs> top cut. Uh, I, I I placed top 16 in the Yugi Tuber Grand Championship two years in a row. I mean, that was really something. Uh, I believe I actually... players, right? In the Yugi Tuber Grand yeah, Champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about that. And then um, I... um, If you're unfamiliar uh, with the... Uh, national championship in australia that occurred in 2020 i actually did clear at that one as well which you can find on yugiotopdex.com oh, nice. uh but no no um i uh i i don't know i i think i'm an okay player uh it, it is a lot more difficult to do like full-time content creation and also be good at Yu-Gi-Oh. uh it, it's really two different skill sets completely and um i think one of the few like crossover hits is like pack but uh, for the most part, um, I would say personalities are like personalities first and Yu-Gi-Oh! players second or Yu-Gi-Oh! players first and personalities second. And it is very hard to balance the two, for sure. Awesome, yes. Uh, I Yeah, Pac kind of is like the, the epitome of like the middle ground. He is a pro He's so player. so fucking good. And He's really so good, good at content creating. And um, I was... I was having a conversation the other day about him, and I, I legitimately think he's, like, a top five dead or alive duelist. He's <laughs> so good at Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, just watching his stream is just like, oh, my God, this guy just understands things on a completely different level than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, and if you missed it, we had Pac on our last episode, was it, which isn't even out yet, in case you're wondering where it is. But Are you this watching point... this one? Go watch the Pac one. <laughs> oh, actually, by the time this one comes out, Pac will be out, so never mind. So, yeah, but yeah. finish this one first and then go watch the pack one, for the record. Oh. Yes. Um, but one thing, you know, I, that I'm very impressed with is I know that you do your, like, 10-minute testing, um, uh, like, videos, where you basically just try out a new deck um, and do a couple of matches and talk about it and talk about pros and cons. And I've always been very impressed because I think it takes a lot of skill to be able to learn decks as quickly as you do. And so would you say that's something that's like kind of in the middle ground, like that helps you be a better Yu-Gi-Oh player and a content creator? Uh, 10 minute testings certainly have helped me be a better Yu-Gi-Oh player. I would say the difference between good and great duelists has a lot to do with like depth of interaction. Uh, you know, like um, I, uh, watching Packstream even, just like the, uh, the specific points of how different strategies line up against each other and how you should be conducting yourself in every individual match. But what separates bad players from good players is a breadth of understanding, right? Um, if you can sniff out what your opponent is doing before they start doing it, if like your opponent brings a deck or is playing in a way that is like just completely foreign to you, if you can figure out what they're up to so that you can like tailor your game plan accordingly, that's gonna get you a lot farther uh, if you don't have that like baseline understanding than um, getting really really deep in on like how to play the sky striker mirror right yeah. and um 10 minute testing is a wonderful opportunity 
uh, for me to literally know every playable deck that's ever been printed. Like, go if the ability to go into a um like a local and play against like the randomly 3-0 Despia player and they start firing off effects and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know where all the choke points are. Uh, that that has, you know, netted me a lot of free wins that I think uh, I was not supposed to get. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, like I watch your 10-minute uh, testing um, and it helps me out a lot in my matches because I remember like, like, oh, you know, I saw this in a video and MBT was talking about this and stuff like that. And so it gives me like a really good, like uh, kind of overview of how the deck works. And it's just been very helpful. So thank you for helping me win locals six times this month. Oh my God. How, <laughs> how often are you going to locals? Six I go, you're going... <laughs> I go twice a week. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You have more this month? Uh, well, past 30 days, we can say. I am I am not going to your local. <laughs> Apparently, out of eight times you have entered, you have won six times. This must be, Jesus Christ. Are you killing people? Are you taking their souls? How are you doing this? It's funny because I made friends with someone and he like said to me, you know, I used to be the one that always won and then you showed up and now I never Hilarious. win. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> That's that's rough. I can't draw two Drytron names in a match back to back. Here you are, six zero at locals. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I get lucky or something like that. Also. Oh yeah, of course. It's all luck. <laughs> yeah, I quote unquote win the die roll. That's what people like to tell me when I win. They're like, "Oh, you won the die roll. That's why you won." And that's I'm what like, I. That's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool in your toolbox uh, to say if you win off a bad beat. Like, if you win and your opponent is clearly tilted, you can be like, well, I did win the die roll. And they'll be like, that's it. That's why I lost. It had nothing to do with anything else. It's like, I'm not Sartorius or something like that, manipulating luck in order to get my wins. By the way, did you know Sartorius is 17 freaking years old? That's how I looked at 17. In my defense, I spent a lot of time on the internet, so I had like a <laughs> hollowed face out of the starting gate, basically. Super pale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very long hair, creepy eyes, and a very sketchy voice, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. How long have you been playing Yu-Gi-Oh then? It's been, what, 10 years? 20 years? Uh, Five years? Uh, depends. I've been, like, playing Yu-Gi-Oh since I was a child. Um, when I was, uh, growing up, I was real into Pokemon, the card game. I was one of the few kids who, like, played Pokemon and knew what the, how the card game worked. Um, I was real into Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, starting at about 2004. And I was real into Magic starting at about 2009 when, uh, Lorwyn was the, had just come out. That was the first set I was, like, around for. Um, but Yu-Gi-Oh, I played... From like 2004 to about 2009, uh, just with my brother using whatever cards we could scrounge up. I'm sure a lot of people had like a similar, you know, early Yu-Gi-Oh story where like the best card in your play group was like the bullshit that someone pulled out of a pack and like no one ever found anything more powerful and it was finally overthrown when someone stole it or something. Uh, and then in 06, I started going to locals, and I remember showing up with, like, a fucking 60-card monstrosity with, like, Pot of Greed in it. <laughs> Someone came over, and they were like, yeah, none of this shit is legal. And <laughs> they were very helpful, 
they, you know, took out all the shit that was banned. They gave us some stuff to put in instead. And then I played, I don't want to say competitively, but against competitive players until about 2009. And then in 2009, I started high school. And um, when you're like a, a high school boy, I don't know if you had this experience, but when you're like a high school boy, uh, I was not you're a high like, school boy once, but right. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're like 14 and any individual act that will min-max your chances of getting laid, you have to take. Like, you have to. If, if someone told me you will, there is a 0.01% chance you will get laid more often if you, like, carve your name into your forehead, I would have done it in a second. Uh, and one of those things was, like, Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is for kids. It's for nerds. So I did drop it. Um, I remember one hilarious uh, interaction I had with a friend of mine who also played and dropped it so they could date. And our girlfriends at the time were having a discussion about Yu-Gi-Oh! And they were like, my ex played Yu-Gi-Oh! What a stupid game! And I looked at my friend and I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> we just, silent understanding, like, yeah, of course. Uh, and then, you know, uh, in college, you kind of find out that no one actually gives a shit what you do, and, like, being yourself is way more sexy than, like, you know, ever trying to force yourself into a mold that you don't fit in. And uh, I started playing again. Uh, I played pretty competitively from like 2014 to now. And uh, and that's it. Okay. That's good. 2014 uh, I, to now. Yeah, I would say the time that I've been like quote unquote good at Yu-Gi-Oh! is uh, 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20. I got my NAWCQ invites, which is like the barometer, I guess. And then, of course, you know, 2020, I didn't even get to go. Oh, yeah. But no one got to go, right? Because we were yeah. all, like, trapped in our houses for some strange reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. Well, uh, we have a question in the chat. Um, what was your favorite deck to, at the start of Yu-Gi-Oh? The start start? Or, like, uh... So I guess I'll do both. At the start start, it was Chaos. I thought Chaos Sorcerer was the coolest fucking card ever. <laughs> you know, I was I was a little bisexual boy, didn't know yet. I didn't know if I wanted to fuck this card or I wanted to be him. <laughs> and I, I don't, I, st I think I still don't know the answer to that question. He really do be Chaos Sorcering. <laughs> I remember I would constantly win games with this card. And my brother was like, this card has got to be banned. And I'm like, it's not banned, baby. And one day we looked up the ban list and he was banned. And I felt like a fucking idiot. <laughs> my favorite deck, uh, when I came back, was, uh, I guess the first really competitive deck I played when I came back was Ritual Beast. And I will tell my one funny Ritual Beast story, <laughs> but it's a little extremely vulgar. All right, we um, can go for it. I don't care. I mean, okay. it's not like children watch my Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, right, guys? So I was <laughs> a little sheltered Kansas boy. And, uh... All through... Oh, man, this is such a bad story. I don't know if I can tell. Danny's in chat like, I know what this story is. Danny, come on. I can tell this. Okay. So I, I was a um, I was a little sheltered Kansas boy. I had one, like, significant other the entire time, basically. I was in Kansas. Uh, one long-term one. Then I got to college, and it was like the doors of the universe had opened up in front of me, and, like, it was just... Uh, it was possible to get laid. All of the frustration that I had as a 14-year-old swearing off Yu-Gi-Oh, it was possible to get laid. But 
I didn't have a lot of practice uh, at it. Oh my. So <laughs> do you know the like the thing that they tell you, which is like, uh, think about baseball and you'll last longer. Oh my. Um, I would lab ritual beast combos. Oh uh, my. During intercourse. And it worked. It worked, goddammit. I'd be like, what if I open <laughs> Pangu uh, E-Telly? How does that work? And then I'm like, okay. Uh, I guess uh, technically we can Pangu send Gaia Pello. Uh, window wasn't out, so we had to send when. It was it was unreal. It was, this is a brilliant idea. I, I don't know about this. Yeah, but it's... it worked. <laughs> it's been an idea if Yu-Gi-Oh! players had sex. That's all I can say. Just yeah. kidding. I, and I will tell you, I was amazing at Ritual Beast. I was oh unfucking matched. It, I was so good. I thought you were going to say I was amazing at sex, and I was like, I really don't need this on my podcast. Uh, the sex, take it or leave it. But the Ritual Beast combos. I could I could make a Canahawk out of anything, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. No, those were my two favorite decks by a large margin. Oh, my yeah, I think uh, we all learned something today, so keep that in mind, guys. If you ever meet a lady or a man or something else, then um, think about Yu-Gi-Oh! and the rest is history. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to quickly find a new question to ask while I try yeah. to divert from this topic. Okay, in your time playing the game competitively, what was your worst read for an event you attended? For example, playing a certain tech for a matchup that never came up? under preparing for a strategy that everyone else was ready for or something else all right so uh answer to this one is the same as the last one ritual beasts <laughs> uh uh during the post uh necroz so ritual beast was a fantastic meta call during that one format where necroz was the only thing worth playing worth playing because it had like a 90 10 necroz matchup and it couldn't beat another deck to save its life so the format immediately after that, I played Ritual Beast again, and the best decks were like BA, and uh, I got wiped. I went, I went one three. Uh, it was bad enough that it was one of my first regionals. It was the Philly regional. It was bad enough that round one, my BA opponent is going through the Dante motions, and I go, okay, Elder Canahawk, and they go, do you have your invite already? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, why else would you be playing this garbage? And I was like, well. Uh, sorry. Uh, I think I tricked myself into thinking that Ritual Beasts were good through a series of uh, unfortunate events. <laughs> a very bad read. Oh, man. Well, did you have fun? Because that's the most important part about you, you right? No, did not, no. I think uh, Danny, who is in the uh, who is in the chat, was actually at that event. That was the least fun I've ever had playing Yu-Gi-Oh! By a large margin. Oh, Everyone was, like, really scummy, too. Um... One thing people don't tell you is uh, if you are at a large event and you drop, like, your first two rounds, it's not like you're playing against other people who are uh, bad but endearing. You're often playing against people who are fuming about how their tournament has started. And so everyone oh. I played against was, like, sharky and, like, uh, frustrated and, like, uh, mean and... You know, and I was playing a deck that took an eight-minute turn, so they weren't super happy about it. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that one time when I was learning Drytrons, and my first tournament, I ended up at the lower tables, and so I mm -hmm. couldn't beat the good players, so it was all the, the... Not bad players, just players that don't win because their decks mm -hmm. aren't good. 
And, um... Well, that's cool. <laughs> Not the bad players. The ones that don't win, you know? And, uh, yeah, they, they were, like, like expecting probably to win because we're at the lower tables, and then I just did full Drytron combos because they didn't play enough hand traps, and they just hated me. So, yeah, that's yeah. how you make friends, guys. Um, play Drytron at bad tables. Mm -hmm. Definitely is a way. Uh, we have a question. Um... I don't get it, but I'll ask it anyway. How long until you duel the legend Paolo PRRJ Goncalves? Oh my god. I had to read so many fucking uh, Paolo Goncalves fucking uh, deck profiles uh, for back when I was writing meta snapshots for Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro deck. Because he was like the guy for Striker at the time and was innovating it in a way no one else was. And I maybe had to thumb through 100,000 of his videos. I don't ever want to play that guy. He's too fucking smart. <laughs> All right, I have not heard of him, but I also have not heard of most people. So yeah, maybe I'll get him on this podcast. Uh, what do you think the Yu-Gi-Oh community is lacking nowadays? Uh... <laughs> Besides, you know, hygiene and... and uh... I would say Dragoon Outs mostly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I... I... I don't know. I mean, there's a pretty clear, obvious answer to this, which is that the Yu-Gi-Oh community is kind of undergoing its like growing moment, right? <laughs> uh, right now, um, something that you have been a pretty large part of, and you know, uh, thank you for doing that. But uh, Yu-Gi-Oh for like a decade and a half was just an exclusively a, a men's sort of thing, and um, in the past, really in the past half decade, uh, it's been. Uh, slowly becoming more welcoming of women, of uh, people who are not necessarily on the gender spectrum, of trans people, of, you know, LGBT people entirely. Uh, and I guess more inclusivity is kind of what it's missing. Um, we're getting there. Things are, things are looking... Like, as someone who has been playing since almost day one, things are looking better than they've ever looked, but uh, that's what happens when you set the bar super low, is that every day yeah. it looks better than it's ever looked. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, I feel like it's like every day I'm going on a rant about, like, sexism and Yu-Gi-Oh or something. Or, like... You wouldn't be going on the rants if it wasn't happening. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, there was, like, a solid, like, two weeks where every day I came back from locals, I had another story about some guy, like, saying something weird. Like, uh, what was a... The guy who sat down and told me he'd never dueled a female before, and I was just That's like... That's amazing. <laughs> That's so fucking Did cool. Did this guy just I, refer to me as a female? <laughs> oh, wow, I've, I've never dueled a female before. Yeah, and you are dueling now. Drytron Zeta, let's go, baby! See if you can resolve one card! <laughs> yeah, like, it was a... Like, we did game one, and, like, I wasn't sure, like, if he was familiar that we had like two more one to two more games to go and so i let him know like oh, oh. do you want to go to game two and he said nope and he just got up and walked away and i was like this guy's never <laughs> talking to a woman again <laughs> i just ruined it for him Poor i'm gonna guy. start doing that i <laughs> uh, want to go to game two i do not goodbye <laughs> oh my god wow, that's amazing yeah but it's it's funny, man. Just, like, the things... Like, that's what I talk about in my stand-up now. Like, I don't do stand-up quite as often as I used to, but, like, 
I just go on stage and I tell people about all these things that guys say to me and like the audience just freaking loves it. It's like they don't even have to understand what's going on. It's like nerdy guy, nerdy guy with poor hygiene is enough of a concept that people can grasp it. That sort right. of thing. It's sort of a universal for sure. <laughs> so yeah, definitely good times. Uh let's see. Um is there like any deck that you wish like any deck or archetype you can say that you wish got more support, like something you really like and you would like to play? Uh I'd like to see the uh the Gate Guardian retrains. I think there's a lot of good design space there. Dude, um we were I'd just like... talking about that. I don't know why we don't have it. We have the fucking Guilt of the D Warrior retrain. We don't have the Gate Guardian retrain. Uh I think they're waiting for Rush Duel. I think they're going to make it a max in Rush Duel. That's the idea. Uh, I'd like to see... um, I was going to say more hero support, but, I mean, Konami just showers that shit on me. (laughs) They are my my sugar daddy for hero support. Uh, I'd like to see a pacifist support. That was a sick deck that got two waves of support ever, and one of the worst legacy cards I've ever seen, Phantasm Spiral Assault. I need a second good trap, Konami, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, oh, chat says Cosmos. That's a good one, too. I was always very frustrated there was never, like, a Yoda one. Uh, I thought would have been really cool. Um, eh. That's about it. Dude, I want a Lord of the Rings archetype so freaking badly. I think it would be so cool. Have, like, summoning, normal summoning hobbits and, like, if it it was, like, like, you had to set up your board... And it was, like, metaphorical for, like, destroying the One Ring. And, like, if you did that, then you would, like, win the game. I think that would be so cool. It's like we have Star Wars, right? So why, why can't we yeah. have Lord of the Rings? Think of the crossover. That would be sick. Yeah, that would be super dope. I think it would be funny if they made, like, a creature that was, like, look like Gollum or something like that. That would be sick. Magic the Gathering, is that Lord of the Rings? I guess. I don't know. I've never played Magic. I can't pretend to understand what I know what that game is about. <laughs> I think they would be a little scared that, like, big generic fantasy is kind of Magic the Gathering domain, but, eh, you know, forget about it. Let's just do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I will bug Konami. Not that they like me very much, but maybe if I topple YCS, they might listen to me or something like that. Wouldn't that right. column card be your average Yu-Gi-Oh player? Good point, man. Good point, indeed. Yeah, that's, like, one thing is that, like, I was at Locals, and there's this guy, uh, I haven't seen him, of course, in, like, a year and a half, but he likes to, like, pretend like it's the anime when he plays, and, you know, I have done that, I've kind of outgrown it, because you can't really do that when you play Drytron, because your turn would last freaking forever, uh, but, mm-hmm. like, he was playing, and, like, I was like, oh, I, I love saying that, it's, like, He's so, like, comfortable in his own skin and so into it. And he was playing against this girl who I'd never seen before, but she was also acting like it was the anime. And they were going back and forth, and I went up to them, and I'm like, are you guys going out because this is so cute? And they both said, ew. And I was like, they love each other. Oh, my God. I really they were like the... Holy shit, that's funny. Oh my god. So yeah, um, I just, I hope it works out for them. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Uh, what are you playing right now besides just Drytron, or is there anything else? Uh, yeah, Drytron. Uh, I, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to tell you this. Um, <laughs> you can tell me. I feel like, I feel like Drytron is too free. 
I, I just sh I just show up at locals with Drytron, and it's like, God, none of these games even feel close. I just, <laughs> I'm so sorry, my, my guy. I just I I want to make it work, but uh, orange light effect, <laughs> and people are like. People will show up at the local, like, with eight fucking kaijus boarded because they know they're going to have to face me. And I'm like, I, it, it doesn't matter, dude. I've got I've got the dragoon. I've got the orange lights. It's still enough. Uh, I think I'm going to bring, if the cards come in in time, I'm going to bring um, uh, Magicky. Um, deck's not good, and it's not going to be good until Bode, at which point it will still not be good, uh, but in a different way. Um, but it's it's like a long Auroradon combo deck, and I I was like one of the first persons to like theorize the Auroradon combo lines, and so I want to like make use of it while there's a deck that like almost can play them. I think this deck is extremely fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah, I do love me Drivetrons, but I have been practicing prank kids because I'm getting a little tired of winning. <laughs> which is right, just, like, exactly. The most conceited thing. So that's why when you're talking about when it being free, I was like, oh my god, I totally feel it. No, like, no, yeah. like it, it feels bad to be like, okay, I won the die roll, and like now I just get to negate 15 things in a row. Like once I have finished the setup, I, I'm not gonna pretend like this setup doesn't require a lot of brain power because playing around shit is a skill, and it does matter a lot the order in which you do stuff in sequencing. But like after you have the board, it's just like better habit. And going second, it's like okay, this is just gonna be a game of uh, do you have the Zeus out? And uh, often they do not. Yep, definitely. Um, Tired of winning? Play VW. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Danny. <laughs> VW has a built-in mechanic where every third game you just lose because you drew bad. <laughs> oh, uh, we have a question. You posted something about the six-card extra oh. What Was that a <laughs> joke or, like, what? Uh, it's sort of. <laughs> there, the, the quote tweet is, what's your most insane belief? Like something you'd actually support, but most people would find ridiculous. And I quote tweeted it with six card extra deck. Uh, <laughs> just a completely different game than Yu-Gi-Oh! at that point. But it, it does frustrate me that the extra deck is always accessible. It contains all your play starters and all your removal and all your backup plans. And it contains so many that you can put them in twice in case you get interrupted <laughs> uh, or need to activate like a prosperity or something. I definitely think the extra deck should have fewer cards in it, but six is probably not the <laughs> number. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be... I was thinking about it because I put pot of prosperity in my direct harm deck and i was like i can't banish like i don't i don't like banishing these cards because what if i need them type of a thing um, i i do it every game i prosperity <laughs> half my extra deck every game people were i was i was getting coaching from blade Yu-Gi-Oh, and he was like why are you banishing six and i'm like well what if the card i need is card number five he was like you need a drytron any drytron do three and i was like no 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 i gotta do six i gotta do six baby oh yeah i never banish three if i'm gonna go i'm gonna go all the way you know we don't exactly. do freaking first base here exactly. we go home run type of a thing do you really need the second herald of the arc light and of course the answer is yes very frequently <laughs> i play one but it's nice to have two but yeah um ban everything but mudball man what's oh i remember that that's freaking the the water, the part, uh, the, the, uh, I was about to say fat hero. That's not a very nice thing to say. What was it? Clay man or something? <laughs> Clay, you said fat hero? Clay man? <laughs> yeah, Clay man, uh, bubble man, yeah. Oh, okay. One of the very few, uh, effect monsters that does not have an effect. <laughs> yeah. Konami, hit me up. I'm looking to be elemental hero, fat hero. <laughs> 
I've been working. Today I downed an entire thing of uh, watermelon Sour Patch Kids. Oh, man. I, I do apologize if I offended anyone, by the way. I'm not trying to fat shame. I think, if anything, Fat Hero is the hottest hero out of them all. Oh, no. I am. I am. If you are a material for Mudball Man, you need to focus on yourself. You need to get an effect. You need to get a better summoning condition. <laughs> Okay, um, we do have a question, but someone else answered it, but I'll ask it to you anyway. Um, how's law school going? Ad. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, do you, oh, my. Uh, no, it's not going great. I, uh, I dropped out. Oh, nice. Like, temporarily or, like, forever or what? So, I'm taking a year off. They are allowing me to take up to two years off. But, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I wasn't, like, it's, it's sort of a long story, but the condensed version is I wasn't like doing bad in terms of like grades or anything. Um, I just went to law school to do public defense, which means that I went with the intention of every single person I met there, met there basically being in court against them adversarially for the rest of my life. And um, that plus COVID and uh, this sounds bad, but the average person who goes to law school is like probably one of the biggest sickos in the universe. Um, so it was just like uh, the the individuals there, the way it was taught, the lack of support from the school during COVID in terms of like, I don't know, even like monetary support for watching YouTube videos instead of actually going to classes and the ultimate goal of the thing, all of them just didn't vibe with me. Uh, it was just not a good fit. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I am glad that I found that out after one year instead of finding it out after two years. But, uh, yeah, I'm taking a, a leave of absence right now, focusing on YouTube. And truth be told, YouTube right now is making me more than the type of law that I wanted to do anyway. So mm -hmm. um, originally the idea was, like, YouTube will make money, but uh, it won't be fulfilling in the way that law is. And I unfortunately found out the law is even less fulfilling than YouTube. <laughs> And I will fulfill myself doing like uh, other shit, like five-hour obligations with uh, with uh, organizations that do good. Yeah, uh, more twenty-four-hour streams is all I can say. For yeah, sure. that's the idea. Uh, by the way, guys, I am two followers away from three thousand Twitch followers. Hint, hint. If you are watching and not following, please follow me, and we will do something cool. I'll. MBT, if I reach 3,000, oh, oh my god, I'm gonna reach, I read, okay, before, uh, I will post whatever you want me to post on Twitter if I reach 3,000 followers, which I just did, by the way. Okay, let me, I'll, I'll think up something horrible. <laughs> Danny, can you send me something horrible? I'm sure you've got something terrible. Yeah, just please don't get me canceled, that, is my request. Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. Okay, we did it. Wow, we just got, like, freaking, thank you. No, everyone. not that, Danny. No, 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 come on. Gotta be different than this. Oh my god, thank you guys so much! I didn't even know so many people were watching! This is nuts, man. Yeah, it's nuts. I'm getting close to partner. Like, I'm at, last I checked, like, 73 average, and you need 75. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, please don't get, tell me to tweet anything that's gonna, like, get me jailed or, like, put on yet another government list, is all I have to say. Also, someone... Uh, has been asking me All right, the same Danny, question. you gotta dial it back. These are not good <laughs> enough. Okay, so someone keeps asking this question, so I'll just ask you. 
Uh, do you think that Instant Fusion is ready to be banned on the upcoming list? Some Drytron prank kids and other lists use Instant Fusion, but some decks like Thunder Dragons won't be hurt due to the release of Ready Fusion. Who plays Who's playing Thunder Dragons? Is that a viable deck right now? No. Uh, what, like Tatsum is playing it? I don't know. Um, no, I, I don't want to ban Instant Fusion. I get it. I just don't think, like, I don't think it's real. Like, when was the last time you saw a Drytron deck playing Instant Fusion? Right? Yeah, yeah, I don't even I think that it's it. absolutely necessary in Prank It. I think that it's a really important in that deck, but I wouldn't take that away from them. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to hit Prank Heads, hit them directly. I was watching Gabe Susie's stream. Because Pac was in there, so he was talking in English for a bit. And his theory uh -huh. was that we should ban uh, Rocket Ride if we want to hit Frank Kids. And I was that's like, That's so funny. Really? That's, a, that's a quality take. I don't know what you hit. <laughs> Every card does the same thing. Ban Meow Moo. We'll just go back. I don't really think we need to hit it. I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have good matchup against it as a Drift player because I don't freaking play hand traps uh, except for the orange one. Just draw um, orange light. <laughs> yeah, and so, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I just started playing pranks, so I don't want it to get hit. I'm still learning it type of a thing. Exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got the post for sure. Okay, so Do that afterwards. Okay, we have a uh, question. When is MBT, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Farfa going to make their own regression series we're not going to make the regression series but i think you will be excited we've got uh, we've got something in the in the pipes oh my god you guys are like like two of my favorite content creators on twitter and watching you guys interact with each other is just like so worth it like i'm sorry that you got ratioed but that was so freaking funny i died i laughed so freaking hard and um, I'm sorry to laugh. Sometimes at you are the ratioer. Sometimes you're the ratio. -y, you know? <laughs> oh my god! Don't worry. We literally ratio Farfa every day. <laughs> so any uh, any hints for the 100 people just peeking in? Any? Nope. No. Nope? I got no hints for you. Oh come on! You can like whisper it to me. Just just DM it to me. I totally won't tell everyone about it because I have a huge mouth. Definitely. Okay, Konami releases. <laughs> Konami releases an ultimate ban list that will make every deck unplayable with the exception of two. What would your optimal meta look like, and why is it Hazy Flame versus Wattlock? Optimal, like two decks total are playable. Mm. Dude, what are these questions? I asked Twitter for questions, yeah. and I just get the weirdest ones. I have no idea what two decks. Uh, probably I would say 2018 format uh, because there were only two decks playable and it was uh, Goki and Sky Striker. And they were both at full power and it was abysmal. But <laughs> yeah, at least you would be like, it would be like battle cruiser fighting. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I did not play back then. Uh, I did experience Sky Strikers, unfortunately, but um, I played against Goki the other day on a stream. Um, but I don't think it was high power. Nah. Yeah. Back in the day, that shit hand looped. <laughs> Oof. That yeah. was a firewall thing, though. Oh, okay, yeah. I pulled three ulti firewall dragons from the packs that I won. That's what I do. You're flexing. <laughs> That's why you go 6-0. 
to get the ultis. Yeah, and I got two ulti Cyber Dragons and one ulti Forbidden Droplets and one ulti from OTS Pack 15 that PK uses. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh's actually profitable now, which is, like, nuts. Never thought I would be able to pay back what I paid for my Drytron deck. Nice. All right. Um, we have a question about uh, whether you would work with any other Yugi tubers Is that something, like, for instance, Team Sam, is that something that you like to do? Or, like, uh, what's the deal with that? Uh, so, in the past, I the collabs I shut away from are just because I didn't have time. Uh, I'll, I'll work with anyone. Like, send me a PM. I'd love to work with Team Sam. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we were on, we were on an MST.TV video a couple of uh, months ago, and it was a lot of fun. I would I would love to do stuff with him again. Oh man, you should do something with Pack. That'd be dope. I'd love to do something with Pack too. That'd be nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I almost did something with Pack, but then we were unable to. But work then it out. the ban list. <laughs> yeah, that too as well. <laughs> Okay, uh, sorry guys, there are a lot of questions. I am very bad at multitasking. But um, what is your favorite card artwork? Oh, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Besides Chaos Sorcerer, who you would have slept with if you had the opportunity. I, I seriously have no idea. Um, I did learn something very fun today about uh, a card we were playing in Progression Playoffs, which is that uh, Gen X Undyne, the robot, has breasts. <laughs> so that would be, like, one of my least favorite, I think. Yeah, I think the artwork that, like, freaked me out the most was the blue-eyes titty dragon, you know, the freaking oh, yeah. abyss. What is that? Deep deep blue eyes abyss or something like blue eyes abyss dragon do you guys know what i'm talking about the one with the yeah yeah yeah. with the tits with and the, the, the thick ass thighs it was just uh it was, it was very strange and I, I, rem- <laughs> I i get sent that image like every three or four months with the <laughs> caption nine months on hrt so proud of her and i'm like okay thank you <laughs> everyone here is funny <laughs> oh my yeah, I was playing against the yeah. Blue Eyes player, and then he summoned that card, and I was like, oh, people actually play that for, like, value? I just assumed it was something that, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh players held close to their hands at certain points, if you know what I mean. But, oh my mm-hmm. god, that is crude, Koopa Queen, that is very crude. We are editing that out. Thank you very much. So, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Keep <laughs> the questions coming. I will look at this list. I don't know, all these questions are, like, kind of weird. Like, for instance, how TF did he lose to Violet Chimera with Drytron? Is that the Salomon Great card? Violet Chimera reads you win the game. If you ever find yourself in a scenario where Violet Chimera is being summoned, you've lost. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, that deck was sweet, though. They were on, like, Salomon Great Fennec and everything. It was very funny. Oh, my. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what Yu-Gi-Oh monster claims to be apolitical, but is really just a sleeper agent for the CIA? Uh, A-lister CIA. Not close. <laughs> A-lister's, like, obviously CIA. I see. Uh, I haven't actually interacted with A-lister in quite a while, now that I think about it. I kind of miss him. I'm waiting for, uh, the Megaton to come out, because I want Dogmatica. Cause like now that I've experienced like a full power meta deck, I don't want to play budget builds anymore. So um... and it's like, <laughs> do you want to spend six hundred dollars on IDS, like the twelfth best deck? You know. 
Exactly. And so we'll we'll just wait for the Megatons, but I know they keep getting delayed. Uh, did you hear that regionals are coming back in the fall? It was announced on Yu-Gi-Oh! News that regionals are coming back in the fall. Oh, damn. That's going to be crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Is that something, like, you would do? You would travel a lot to go to, like, regionals and YCSs? Or is that, like, you would just go to get uh, your invite? I, back in the day, I used to go until I, uh, until I got my invite. Uh, but I don't know. We would, uh, we'll see. Okay, we'll see what's up. Yeah, I cannot wait. I really want to top a regional so that way I can like have something to back up my skill versus I just win locals most of the time. Because like everyone is always like, yeah, well, it's just locals. Locals aren't a big deal. And it's just like, how do I prove that I'm not bad on Yu Gi Oh when all these people come at me challenging me? And it's just very weird. So yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, we will do that. What is the most ridiculous deck you put together that somehow worked? Oh, uh, I actually know this one. Um, remember Eldlich Synchro? Yes, vaguely. Uh, I invented that deck. Are you serious? Um, yeah. So it's a it's a bit of a hike as to how we got there. Um, in the CSM, or which was then the the quarantine series, uh, a person named Lieutenant Labcoat was playing a deck that uh, it was Karakuri, but he used a Roradon and summoned 001 from Grave. And I remember seeing that interaction and going, oh, yeah, there's something there. So um, I took out all the bad Karakuri cards, and then I <laughs> built a, a what I called a Roradon Turbo. I think there's still a video up on my channel, um, which was a Synchro Toolbox deck that would use like the interaction between the Aurorodon tokens and 001 uh, to just randomly you know, make sick-ass Synchros. And it would end on like... Savage Dragon or Quantum Dragon or uh, F.A. Dawn Dragster or Berserker of the Tenyi, the Synchro Tenyi. Um, and then uh, a week later, uh, Dazeef sent me a message and was like, yo, I'm playing in a local would, uh, that's online. Would you like to play? And I said, oh, yeah, totally. It was Mambo and Peeps Yu-Gi-Oh's local. I joined and I was playing Eldlich at the time and I thought, what if I just jammed the barest bones version of the Aurorodon combo into this deck? Like triple uh, junk jet synchron, uh, Colt wing, etc. What if I just did that? And I did. And every single game was like the easiest game I've ever played. I was like, this is unfair. And we had like a little uh, discussion after it, me and Mambo. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I put this together on a whim and it really worked out. Jason Leonard, son of Jeff Leonard, was in that call and or was not in the call but was in that local as well. And the next day took a modified version of the list to a PPG free weekly, won the thing, and then the rest was history. Like the the deck was just out there. Oh man. So Synchron Eldlich, it it worked out. <laughs> Oh, that's nuts. That's like, dude, you should have mentioned that at the start of the video. That would be like super major credits on like making it to day two for like oh. the 20th time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I ruined the format for about a week <laughs> until people figured out that you should probably just be playing Ad Emancipator anyway. <laughs> awesome. Uh, would you say you have a crush on Aurorodon? Because you've mentioned it a few times now. Wink, wink. Yeah, totally. Aurodon is not only sexy, it's also, I think, one of the least explored uh, 
like link monsters in the game. I think there's a lot you can do with this card that people haven't figured out yet. Is that the Mecha Thana Beast card? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, Skyhawk. After Mass, ask people about their list because people love to talk about it and it's a good way to get to know people type of a thing. So how I- How do you start to, oh, oh yeah. This is a good question, actually. The how do you start to open up at locals? Yeah, let's let's answer that, guys. Uh, I have this problem too. I'm super shy. Uh, you know, now it's easy because people will be like, "Yo, are you that guy on Simo's channel?" And I go, "Yeah." And they go, "Dude, you should think about winning a game." And I go, "I know. Yeah, no, you should." Uh, but you know, back in the day, I was just some rando, and I'd show up and be weird. But like, um. It is hard without any like sort of structure to talk to people, but you got to think of a match like the person who you are playing against is forced by the laws of Yu-Gi-Oh to interact with you for 40 minutes. So like you've got an in there, you know, they're not going to be able to leave. So you can talk to them however much you want. Uh, just being like generally cheery in game and then afterwards, like if they did something cool or they seem frustrated because something didn't happen, you know, ask them about their deck and people love talking about their deck and their choices. And, you know, th then you just hit it off. That's it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, now it's a little different. Now that I've become competitive, I don't usually talk to my opponents till afterwards. Just because um, mm. someone told me that, like, when, you know, when you're making conversation at the start of the duel, like, you're giving a lot of information away, basically, about, you know... That's a like that's an manners. Elise take, isn't it? <laughs> it's Cody, but... Uh, oh, sure, it's Cody. I'm sure Cody yeah, gave yeah, it that, to That's a DA take, for sure. It's <laughs> definitely true. It's 100% true. But uh, I'm always like, eh, what are they going to do with this information? I'm playing fucking Dry Tron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if it's, like, a YCS, I'll definitely be more formal, but if it's locals type of a thing you know you can be more casual and make conversation ask how you're doing type of a thing um yeah i do definitely like to compliment people after matches like especially if i'm impressed by them uh which i mean doesn't actually happen that often but if someone did a play where i was like very impressed i will take the time to tell the person you know um uh what you did there was was very very uh impressive and i didn't see that coming at all and like people really like it because like that's like a huge compliment like if you work so hard on your deck and you love it and stuff like that then um definitely like people uh it means a lot to people so like if i ever got a compliment about my dueling uh i'm sure it would mean a lot to me as well so yeah i mean you can you can lie too like <laughs> if someone's playing a dog shit deck and you're like oh damn that combo was so interesting you know like <laughs> Oh my god, Dark Magician. I've never seen that deck before. <laughs> How do you play that? You know. I um at locals I don't I don't really take things very seriously, yeah. And I I do have fun, you know, with my opponents. Uh if they're willing, you know, sometimes people are very serious in game. But like uh when people like do stuff, I'll be like, Oh buddy, you're cracked, you know. <laughs> uh and you know, uh, if if you're a goofball, you know, use that. Yeah, definitely. Um like I remember when I was in the semifinals at that Gamers Choice tournament in New York, and I was mm. going against uh, Blake something who was playing Drytron, and then next to me was Carter Wicks and um, this old guy that wasn't Jeff Leonard, but was also a dad who was there with his son. And like me and the Drytron player were like really quiet and really focusing and, and stuff like that. But like 
Carter and that other guy were like having like full on conversations while they were doing it, and it was just like Carter is very talkative in game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, it was like actually like kind of relaxing because it was like, oh, you know, you can actually have fun while playing this game. You don't have to like you know freaking <laughs> uh, be super competitive. Like I did like break character when I was playing against that Blake guy because like I went first and. He scooped immediately, and then he went first, and I scooped immediately, and I was like, oh yeah, those dry mirror matches are really riveting, and he cracked up, and I was like, oh, whoops, I wasn't supposed to do that, I have to be competitive, but you know, if you can crack yeah, a joke, yeah. it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you're interacting with people, it's not like you're just interacting with cards, so, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, um, I will say, uh, uh... I, I do know a lot of people that are like people who are doing that are just trying to get let you get your guard down and it's like yeah probably but if we're at locals like and we're just fucking around that's fine you know if yeah. i if i get my guard down and misplay you know what's what's the real consequence here at the end of the day yeah definitely. Uh, obviously like different uh different feel at a ycs or like a wcq or something like that for sure yeah definitely yeah, and I think, like, Locals is pretty dope because I've never really had Yu-Gi-Oh! friends before. Like, I've always just kind of either been ignored or treated creepily. And so, like, coming to my right. new Locals, um, I've made friends, and it's just, like, a really fun experience. And so, like, you know, I will, like, chill and, like, you know, make conversation, have fun. Because at the end of the day, you see these people every day. They're going to get your mannerisms at some point anyway. It's just Locals have fun. And, like, uh, I even talked to my new friends about, like, we can travel to events. And they went with me to the sketchy, chas uh, sketchy cash tournament that I did, mm -hmm. um, which I was very grateful for because it was very sketchy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, at the end of the day, like, it's kind of like, for instance, with comedy, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. I joined the comedy scene. I didn't know anyone. And I wanted to get to know people. So I would just ask them, like, oh, who are your favorite comedians? And, like, people would not shut up. They would just talk and talk and talk, and it was, like, a great experience. Kind of like that with Yu-Gi-Oh! Ask people about their favorite cards. Ask them about their decks, because we're all passionate about Yu-Gi-Oh! at the end of the day. I think. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, Gamer's Choice was absolutely dope. Uh, if you have the opportunity to check it out, please go. Like, they were so freaking nice. Like, uh, basically what happened was that we finished at, like, 11, and then um, my Uber app and my Lyft apps were not working. Um, and so I kind of didn't really have a way to get home. And so what they ended up doing was they ordered uh, an Uber for me um, and they um, got me home safely. And I was like super appreciative because I was very, very worried that I was like not gonna make it home. And so I, I really like the staff there. I think they're great people and I would encourage you to go for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will never forget that. All right, uh, so we are closing in our time. I forgot to tell you that I usually have a friendly duel with interviewees. Oh my God. But if you are not down to duel right now, we could duel another time. I'll, I'll duel, but I have to, you have to let me piss first. <laughs> uh, okay, yes, you can do that. Uh, and Excellent. then also- um, Can we get some gang going? Yeah, yeah. So go do your business while I figure out what to play. All right. Thanks for checking us out, guys. Be sure to check the duel on YouTube. It's YouTube.com slash Zarakon Comic. Uh, 